We are back on the Exit 52 podcast. It is Sunday night, October 29th, 2023. My name is Jake Luke, and I'm joined on my screen by Spencer and by Brian on this instant analysis episode as the Ravens win a game in Arizona. They get themselves to 6-2. and two. They did what me and Spenny said, just go win a game. Uh, not super pretty at the end there. There were some issues uh, with recovering onside kicks, with uh, some officiating, I think, that was kind of a little suspect. And I don't know. It, it, it is what it is. They went and won a game. They didn't cover a lot of people's lines. It was a bad beat for some. Uh, but it is what it is. Like I said, they win a game. Spenny, how are we feeling about it? Feel good. Like we said, the game kind of played out like we thought. And they ended up scoring two late touchdowns to make it look closer than it was a little bit. Um, my first immediate thought is that Nelson Aguilar having trouble on an onside kick is pure comedy gold. Like, you can't write that shit. That was comedically incredible. The best onside kick I've maybe ever seen in my life. Like, perfectly one hop straight up in the air and and just panics. He, he doesn't go rush the ball. It was just hysterical that that happened. The instant analysis – but to go behind the curtain, you know, I, I name it 31-21. Oh, they're not going to get an onside kick. So, of course. Nailed it. Nelson Aguilar drops an onside kick. But um, it was it was good. I thought that, you know, maybe at the end you think back to that. But at the beginning of the game, they were so slow and jittery. And the defense looked super flat. They have some weird calls, weird things not go their way. But they fought through that and controlled the football game in the second half, took a huge lead, and then got out of there. And, uh, you know, people in the comments here, it wasn't pretty, but six and two is six and two. And it absolutely is. I mean, they didn't quite cover, which is hysterical, but they effectively did cover a big spread in in my book, but just not on Las Vegas's book. Yeah, I mean, that's just how it goes sometimes. Brian, you're a big gambling guy. Any money on this? Any spicy meatballs? <clears throat> how are we feeling about the way this one is? No spicy meatballs on this one. Um, weird stuff happens in the desert and i think we could expect this kind of football game from the ravens they basically dared the cardinals to just come out there and beat them and they couldn't do it i think a lot of those little football things that happened throughout a game happened and they probably went the cardinals way as opposed to ours and we still bore out over top of that you know 30 I mean, it should have been a larger win and even the team stats you look at the total yards the the cardinals on paper outgained the ravens but um Outside of that opening drive, the Ravens pretty much controlled the entire football game. So that's all you can ask for for a team on the road. Um, no matter how bad the the Cardinals are, it was just a matter of getting it to the finish line. And, and they kind of slip and slided their way into the finish line, but they got it done. Yeah, a tone was set for a weird game right on that opening drive when the Ravens, it looks like they make a good stop there. I don't know if it was a three and out quite, but it was something like that. Uh, Kyle Hamilton gets called for some sort of illegal contact. Uh, issue, uh, which shout out to the CBS crew, just an all time performance today by, uh, by our, our boys there with the Z team. Uh, and they completely just botched that. They didn't show a replay of Hamilton uh, on that one. So that set a weird tone. And then they take, they kind of ride that momentum. They go all the way down, score a touchdown right out the gate. So you're kind of wondering like, you know, and if you're on Twitter, you would, you would believe the sky is falling. Cause it's all the oh classic Ravens playing down to the competition, that kind of thing. But Offense comes out, they do their job, they tie it up 7-7, seven to seven, and uh, it feels like they were right back in it from there, Spenny, but uh, not exactly the prettiest effort going forward from there. You get uh, Gus Edwards scoring three touchdowns in this one. Lamar Jackson throws one to Mark Andrews. Uh, you know, it, it kind of just a grit and grind type of game. It's yeah, a little bit of a little rock fight adjacent. Shout out to our guy on the, the bottom screen there who is a big fan of that term. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It was uh, an interesting watch. Uh, I wasn't 
really totally dialed into it. The, the telecast was kind of taking me out of it a little bit. I was like, you know, listening. it was definitely <laughs> making me feel really weird. Yeah. And then I had that realization that he's just like the dude from, I think you should leave the Lewis. Sam Richardson. The, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Just like Richardson. And I was like, okay, this is kind of fun. I, I, I started him. to buy I, in more towards the end. Cause I was like, this is a, I liked his hilarious. energy. Ross Tucker's a little, I, 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 I like Ross Tucker generally, but he tries a little bit too hard to be like, Oh, former offensive lineman guy. You know, I like food and beer. Say, like we he, get it. Dude. He said, he was like, Oh, there was a horse collar when it was an unnecessary, unnecessary roughness. The buffet thing was super weird. Just, it was very forced. It was the B production team. It was the D crew. Uh, well, they were also looking. like you mentioned the production team. Like it would be consistently be like the wrong down and distance stuff on the like graphics, and I was like, God, this is this is rough, man. <clears throat> the late touchdown, the first down line, like ended up in the end zone. They were totally confused with it. It was somebody called out sick, and then they heard that that person was calling out sick, and they're like, Oh no, we're all calling out sick today, and they just shoved in that. It was a replacement, basically. They were doing a, a, a true buffet of bits up there. Yeah. It was like the boys went out to Whiskey Row the night before, and we're like, "No one cares about this game. We're the Z team for CBS." They might have been, uh, they might have been partying with Clay and uh, John Ogden. That's that's a joke for two right there. The three, oh, if Clay, yeah. Clay, if you're listening. Um, but yeah, no, it, uh, it <laughs> weird, weird energy overall. But yeah, I don't know. It uh, defensively, I thought a really solid effort. Like they had their moments, obviously, with the opening drive and everything. But a huge game from Michael Pierce really came alive. Uh, you know, and people had their issues with that signing. I think from a positional value perspective, but I don't know, man. Looked like he was impacting both phases of the game today. Geno Stone, uh, you know, Ed Reed Jr. at this point, coming up with his league-leading fifth interception, I believe it is. Uh, and I think he tied Ed Reed's record through eight games of five interceptions now per Jeff Zrebeck. So that that really was kind of the moment that that swung the game, in my opinion. I don't know how you guys feel, but as soon as he snagged that, and then they, I think they pounded it in with Gus from there. Uh, that was the one. But there were a couple other hiccups. I mean, Jadavian Clowney not falling on a football after Matabike, I think, forced a fumble, or it might have been Pierce. Uh, that that could have been costly. It reminded me a little bit of that Colts game, but you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of word salad here at this point. Thoughts on the defense, Brian? Yeah, I thought they really um, <clears throat> rebounded from that early drive. As you were going on that spiel, I was just adding up the total yards. And if you could make this into a sandwich of a game, obviously the opening touchdown and then all the points that kind of happen when they're just on their heels and just letting them have everything in front of them. They give up 81 yards on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine drives in the middle of the game. Pretty good. Pretty good, I'd say. And I feel like that's obviously more in line with the identity of the team. Um, didn't feel like they, they controlled the run game in the way that they have in past weeks. And then Michael Pearson and Matt BK just showed up in big spots. Um, obviously was a very focal point of the, the broadcast. Um, but I don't know. It's, uh, it was defensively one of those games where they just imposed their will over the, the over 60 minutes. And then they just kind of sat back and said, Hey, I mean, we're up by three scores here. Have at it. Definitely. And you, you see Matabike, Stone, guys step up like that. And you brought up that Colts game, Jake. And that's why I think this is a – everybody wants to have, you know, was it a good win, a bad win? Is it a good loss? Is it a bad loss? I thought it was a good win because everything that can go wrong in that trap-heavy favorite game did. Lamar didn't look clean. The offense didn't look clean. It wasn't precise. It wasn't smooth and in rhythm. And they still, like you just said, Brian – shut that shit down for the meat and potatoes of the game, essentially. It was a, it was garbage time touchdowns at the end of the game, opening drive. The Cardinals are very well scripted. 
they haven't scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter until today, but I believe they've scored like in four or five of their uh, opening drives, uh, like four out of the last five, something along those lines. So the Cardinals are were good in their script. That penalty on Kyle Hamilton was an average play. There didn't look to be anything extracurricular. The, the crew didn't really do us any favors not showing a replay, which obviously irks everyone when that happens. But to me, it was stabilizing yourself against a team that you should beat on the road and getting out of that negative script that they had. And those guys were the key guys. Brandon Stevens also. Yeah. I mean, it was a it was a horrible throw, but it was still a pretty, you know, it was good reflexes. He almost nice looked catch. surprised that that ball came to him. He was like, gee, uh, what do I do with this? <laughs> right. And uh, I think Geno Stone was like, get up, get yeah. up. Get and then Gino, up. And then Gino Stone. Everybody was saying, get up. Yeah. And then Geno <laughs> yeah. Stone, I think, There's hawked no the ball. Around. You can get up. It's okay. Get up. Geno Stone hawked the ball away from him on that other one. I mean, Josh Dobbs basically threw two interceptions and one on the, the Geno Stone one there. Brian said in the group text, intercept, I can't even say. Interception, interception. Interceptorception, I think is what I was going for. I might have left out the second seed, but yeah. It was no. perfect. In, in text, yeah. it worked perfectly. Hard to say out yeah. loud. Yeah, but what uh, you're but getting. Yeah, what you're getting into, I think it's, uh, it's kind of where I'm just at, like, and where I'm not with the whole, like, oh, they could be or even, you know, should be or even could be undefeated stuff. It's like. You know, these it's so marginal and it's so like it's hard to win. Like, and that's a pretty basic take. And I know, you know, maybe you want some more like hard hitting insight, but it's really fucking hard to win in the NFL. The margins are so slim. And, you know, they could have made a couple mistakes. They could have had a fumble recovered or, you know, called a different way in that Bengals game. Maybe they lose that one. I mean, it's just like you're like I keep saying here, you are what your record says you are. They're six and two. And that's uh, certainly a good feeling. I mean, the vibes are interesting in some places Rashad Bateman really starting to pick back up he looked really good today I thought um, on a couple different plays and then Odell Beckham like he's looking good when he gets the ball but they're force feeding the shit out of him and Spenny you actually were uh, you were on that where they were going to try to force feed him for a touchdown the, yeah got that close and he got interfered with walks off the uh, walks off the field slamming his helmet on the sideline because he you know he didn't care about drawing the penalty he wants to score and I think they want it for him too but it's kind of a little bit of a square peg round hole situation as far as using him as like this go-to guy like he's been good but he doesn't necessarily have to be that and I think they need to start to recognize that a little bit I almost feel like it's not that that's what they want to do offensively necessarily I legitimately think they just want him to score a touchdown like one, they want to get one in. And from my buddy Clay and a couple other people that were at the game DM me, uh, shout out to Mr. Andrew Spring, I think it was, or no, excuse me, it was Matt Benter messaged me and said, Odell's tirade continued onto the sideline and he was like punching and kicking a cooler and was pissed long after that. Like they want that touchdown. It's kind of like that AJ Brown. Obviously he's not AJ Brown, who's incredibly dominant right now, but it's kind of like that AJ Brown, like you just gotta get him, get him one in there, get it. Weird him game a for him bit. too. He got uh, he got like the wind knocked out of him pretty badly. He had to go into the locker room after uh, Buda Baker like came up and basically kneed him in the the ribs there. That's probably why he was especially mad. Yeah, because that definitely knocked the wind out of him and sucked. If you've ever had the wind knocked out of you, it sucks. Literally, you think you're sucks. gonna die? Like it? Yeah, it's not good. So he was probably extra pissed because of that. Just a shitty day for Odell Beckham, but. Uh, it was just that weird that weird game. A lot of good questions in here, things like that. And the one thing I think offensively, great comment in here from a starless, I believe it was, turnovers were the difference. Good on Lamar for keeping the ball safe. Yeah, there was that strip sack that was not his fault. Arm Ronnie Stanley's leaving it out. Arm was coming forward. Ball came out way too fast for it not to be thrown um, if it wasn't like punched or something. But 
didn't turn the football over and won. And that's why it feels like made let the Cardinals make those mistakes. The mistakes the Ravens made offensively weren't bad. The longest play the Ravens gave up was 29 yards defensively, and it was towards the very end of the game as well. Like the Cardinals' offensive line was creating some creases early on, but the Cardinals end up finishing with, I think, exactly four yards per carry. They didn't really have any dominant stretch. Their longest run of the day was 14 yards. So uh, there was a little bit, bit of that cliche, bend but don't break in the run game, and they did look flat at first, but really just pulled it all together and picked themselves up. And um, that, that opening touchdown on the Ravens' first drive – that I think if that didn't happen, it might have gone a little bit differently. The game might have gone a little bit differently if they gave the ball right back to the Cardinals and big on Lamar and Mark Andrews for being able to have their classic connection, improvise a little bit. Andrews works back into an open area, which is what we talked about in the preview, him kind of freelancing and stuff like he does end up running towards Zay Flowers and, and being kind of congested there. But that was the live by the sword, not the die by the sword of it. So that play was awesome. The Nate Tice freeze frame picture that he tweeted out of Lamar jump throwing was awesome. The new logo. So uh, it was fun. And the offensive line, I thought, picked up. The one thing I do want to touch on, too, is everybody's like, oh, the grass in Arizona sucks. I'm going to give my whammies to the Ravens. I didn't see the Cardinals slipping. Change the length of your cleats. You If you didn't bring them, that's a fuck up. If you don't, that's a fuck up. You should be unscrewing and screwing in your cleats like you have to phase that through the game especially ball carriers guys can come in and out and it takes you know a minute or two to do but change your cleats stop slipping have to change your cleats it's it's it was insane ronnie stanley on that uh one sack lamar took just slipped just slipped and then it was bj ojalari ran right around him and was able to go sack lamar so just stupid little things like that the scoop and score that jadevian Clowney missed and I think that's why some people might feel frustrated about this game. But when you can still just win, it's incredible. Yeah, Jake pulled up the, the the new logo for the NFL. Lamar just swaggy throwing off his back foot with his leg up in the air. Continue. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to wanted to. I love it. Yeah, it's great. I think it's it's super cool. So that's uh, that's the unofficial Ravens logo right now. That little little jump side lean toss back from Lamar Jackson, and uh, it was just nice to see them have a game that didn't go their way and. They still got the job done. Those are the most rewarding wins as a coach, I feel like. <clears throat> like, Sure, the Lions thing, it was sick to go blow the Lions out, a good team. Losing to a bad team that you know you should beat is, ten. I feel like, 10 times of a worse feeling in football than beating a good team that you think you should beat or that you're not sure if you'll beat. Like Losing to the Cardinals sucks 10 times worse than blowing out the Lions. Black, what's the temperature well, but- check on John Harbaugh right now for you? And you can I'm John Harbaugh. Yeah, because we're you know it was we were in an interesting spot with him there a couple weeks ago. It's getting a little weird. Um, <laughs> the, the challenge there towards the end was was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. There weren't a lot of pivotal moments in that football game where the decision making came down to John Harbaugh having to do one thing or another, which is nice, I suppose. Um, it'd be nice to also see him get tested here and there, but, um, I'm a big believer in the football guys, just to continue on your point a little bit, Spen. And, um, like we both kind of have said multiple times throughout this podcast, the, the bounces did not go the Ravens way whatsoever. I mean, Justin Tucker, 53 yard field goal off the upright is another example the, obviously the scoop and score, um, just little things that I like to believe that those bounces will go our way down the stretch and we would like to have those go our way in games other than games. We don't need them in quite frankly. I mean, even the knuckleball by the Cardinals that went through the uprights late, just one of those weird football things that just didn't come back to bite us today. So 
Um, I'm encouraged big picture. And then we got three in a row in 11 days at home. Is that right? Yeah. Six of their last nine are at home. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So sell some sweatshirts here, Spen. We'll get some, we'll get some sweatshirts cooking for sure. We're going to have some fun stickers as well. We are also going to be doing a tailgate. Jake, unfortunately will not be there. He's out of town, but we'll be joining Jack Settleman, the settleman for a tailgate for that Bengals Thursday night game. So stay tuned for that. I believe Jack's going to drop some info on that and, and we'll push it out later this week. Should include all you can drink and eat and perhaps a t-shirt or something of that nature. I think Jack was going to make it. I'm not going to say the price because I don't want to step on my own toes, but it was affordable. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's going to be something crazy. So super fired up about that. A lot of good stuff in the chat here. I think we have a lot of Geno Stone, Marcus Williams discourse going on. The question I believe is, could the Ravens sign Geno Stone and part with Marcus Williams? The answer, of course, is technically yes. I believe Williams has an $11 million dead hit next year. And I'm double checking right now. I think it's 11 million dead next year. If the Ravens were to cut him with a post June 1st designation in 2024, he would create an $11.3 million dead cap hit. And they would ultimately have $7 million in savings against the cap. It looks like. And let me double check on that just super quickly. I think I have my math right here. It would be 11 million, 11.7 million dead and the Ravens would have $7 million in savings. So could they do that? Yes. I don't think they will. I think Marcus Williams is a really good football player. And because Kyle Hamilton's so good in the slot and has, it, you don't feel weird about having Hamilton in the slot now because he's shown he's so good playing a more traditional two high, three high end in man coverage, you know, moving around, doing what he's quote unquote supposed to do as a safety. So I don't know. It's just tough because, man, I mean, Matabike, holy shit. What is he had a sack in five straight games, something like that? I think in every every game but one this year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, maybe two. And then you've got Patrick Queen, who, who obviously is playing his tail off. So it's uh, an embarrassment of riches of guys in contract years defensively. And I would be remiss to think, which leads to something else in the chat, I would be remiss to think, like, I – there's a good shot that a Montez sweater, Chase Young, or Daniil Hunter with Kirk Cousins, unfortunately, rupturing his Achilles, it sounds like. I feel like there's a good shot they add to that room. Um, OA was able to come back into the game. I don't know. I just feel like you're, the, the Bowser situation super unclear. I, I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see them make a move there. But uh, there's a lot of tinkering that is about to happen over the next couple of days. The trade deadline is coming up in three days. Or excuse me, two days, Tuesday. So... A lot of tinkering to be done and, and conversations and thought experiments to, to be had. I, I'm going to lay a bold prediction down. I think we see one of Queen, Matabike, or Stone extended in the next 10 days or so. I would guess maybe an extension after the deadline once they sort things out, depending on what happens. So that's going to be my bold predicky. That is pure speculation. I have no backing to that, but I just am going to guess. Good call. Driving crooner. Um, okay. I mean, is there a ton less on <laughs> that's we're, we're gifting that. Is there a ton left, you know, to talk about with this game? It was, it was a weird one. Like I said, uh, you know, the four, the four o'clock time slot too, that, you know, you can kind of take that, take that away. I'll stick with my 1 PM time slot, but you know, weird game, interesting day in the AFC North Bengals looks like they're all the way back, man. They go into San Francisco. They get the win. Brocktober is uh, officially coming to a close. Uh, Brocktober could Brock could not fight the spenny fraud allegations yeah. that was put out into the the ethos and 
man oh man well i mean it's just like you and steven ruiz you guys are just always simpatico on everything too so that totally makes a lot of sense that's it's a tough hill for you to die on for being honest um but yeah uh brownies lose out in seattle looks like they they might be fading a little bit this deshaun watson situation just continues to be very strange to me uh so you got that going on one of the the quietest weirdest things ever yeah yeah no i mean and, you know, you've got Brady Quinn and Quincy Avery fucking going after each other. On Twitter. I mean, that, that was incredible. I'm a, I, I never I never hated Brady Quinn. I've, I've, I, wouldn't I, say lo- I love Brady, Brady Quinn. Quinn. I've always kind of like thought he was cool. I don't know. Like, I, I, when he was in Notre Dame, I was like, that's a cool guy. Yeah, I love Brady Quinn. He, uh, yeah, Notre Dame. And then, you know, he. it's funny. He like always talks about how like he wanted to come to the Ravens like too. Like if you listen to him like on his podcast, he's like, I think they I think was he bowler was he they picked a quarterback that year, I think. And um, no, that might have been Chris Sims, who like literally does the exact same thing. But it's apropos of nothing. But yeah, they're getting into fights, and you know that's point to Brady Quinn in my opinion. But it'll always be that way. And then Steelers taking the L to uh, to the Jags. I mean, that's you know Steelers. I think the water finding their level a little bit there, but they'll they'll probably luck their way into they, the wins. Talk about the football gods thing. They had all the bounces again today too, and they're complaining by the way about a few things that didn't go their way. Deontay Johnson sound like a little baby. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, exactly right. Water's finding their level over there. Popcorn game next Sunday night between Cincinnati and Buffalo. Mm. That's a Sunday night game. I think that's where we really find out if Cincinnati. That'll be a sweet treat of a game. It'll be a delicious appetizer or a delicious dessert late at night next Sunday. A little aperitif. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of John Simpson, uh, John Simpson. I I'm, and you know, it takes a lot for me to really rip on a player. People are saying trade for a guard. We got Michael Collard in the comments here. Uh, but John Simpson is, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. He is the worst of the five. And I, I think guard would be a great move. If they could go find something. But offensive linemen are tough to acquire because there's a limited resource. Postgame Harbaugh is saying that he put McCarry in just to get him some reps because he's starting caliber. And he's like, hey, we should just get him out there. I was and wondering about that. They swapped him in for Moses at yeah. one point. I like that. stuff. I like that. The Ravens will do weird things with their offensive line. When, when they used to rotate Fluker and Phillips by series and sometimes plays was nuts. Very uncommon. Oh, look at him go. <laughs> what is that? Is that a sock? It's a, a little, little mouse toy. Okay. There you go. Okay. So, yeah, Ravens end up, uh, yeah, like Brian said, you know, to I guess kind of summarize, I don't know how much more we have on this, but Ravens end up getting outgained in this game. Uh, like you said, and hey, some of that was garbage time for sure. Ravens go four of eleven on third down. Cardinals go five of twelve. Cardinals fail on fourth down twice. Three hundred ten net total yards to the Ravens two hundred sixty eight. Ravens run for four and a half yards a clip. One hundred thirty yards total. One hundred twenty nine from the Cardinals. Four yards a clip as well. We see Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith both finish with eleven tackles. Brandon Stevens, I will say, aside from the interception and could have had two, was playing some good football. Like he felt secure out there, some late targets, Hollywood Brown, making some tackles in space. He missed, I think one or two, but was able to make some pretty nifty tackles, I think as well. And I uh, mean, Hamilton and Roquan Smith's physicality finishing plays is just out of this world, man. Kyle Hamilton and both of them obliterated Marquise Brown at different points. <laughs> Kyle Hamilton fucking smothered him. I mean, that's like, you know, uh, that's the, uh, the soccer player like doing that when they 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 were 
coming together. That was that was pretty sick to see. Like a little, like a little, you're a little nephew, and you've been like playing around, kind of playing a little tag, and then all of a sudden you just grab him up and and show him you're the big boy. Yeah, it exactly. was it was ridiculous to watch. Roquan Smith, they tried to, I think the Cardinals tried to run a mesh concept, and Roquan Smith just got into Marquise Brown off the line of scrimmage within five yards, just just got in that booty. So. Um, well, hey, well, of I mean, course, he's, he's putting. Some, of course, Marquise Brown scores a touchdown. He's putting some good numbers up. He scored a touchdown. That's that's what he wanted, right? You know, good day for you, Marquise. There you, there Brown. you go, Marquise. There are your. There's your stats and your targets and your loss. There you go. Enjoy. Well, I'm surprised we're not getting anything from the uh, the bottom of the screen here. That feels like he's been waiting for this moment. Spooky B. Pardon. <laughs> Spooky B. <laughs> Spooky B, uh, and to, to your point, out, and your name out to lunch. Ravens, uh, Ravens are six and two atop the AFC. I'm not sure who holds the tiebreaker, but they are tied for the top spot. Chief, the- yeah, Chiefs taking the L to Mister Unlimited today. How about that? Mm. Dirty filthy. KC and Miami are are four and one in conference, and ourselves and Jacksonville are four and two. We're playing two of those three teams: yeah. Jacksonville and Miami in December. So that New Year's Eve game against Miami may be a big one. Yes, be a big one. A yeah. very, very big one. And to Jake, your point you made several times, losing both of those games that you absolutely should not have to the Colts and the Steelers in conference and one of those being divisional is just that's the difference, especially now that there's only one bye with the seven-team format in each conference. That's the difference. So if you go, do want to go push and try and skip to the divisional round and host that home game, then you got to be – not living on the margins. And that's why I think this was a good come to Jesus win where the Ravens got out of their funk, took care of business, hunkered down, didn't turn the football over, didn't make stupid mistakes despite having a negative game script at times. And that's the kind of win you need where heart, that's the best win to like have coaching points and lay into your team after a win of how many things could have gone wrong and what it's like to have a letdown kind of game. It kind of felt like in high school when like you, you you just don't get off the bus, right? You know, you're like, you're on the bus and like the, you, you're going to play some team that, you know, you're going to probably whip up on and you're just kind of playing, like playing grab ass a little bit. And the coach just fucking knows. And he's like, guys, like we gotta, gotta lock in here. And then, you know, they come out and opening drive touchdown, but then you lock in and you go get it done and you take care of their business and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. it kind of somebody pointed this out on Twitter. It played out exactly like we were said said it was going to. Just handle your business. I I think I predicted like twenty six or twenty eight seventeen or something like that. Uh, if not for uh, some weirdness at the end, it would have been pretty close to that. So most certainly would have. So I guess that about that about does it for us. We will be doing the jumbo set. If you are listening and watching on YouTube or wherever you are, subscribe on YouTube. Give us that like. Give us that comment. Let us know how you feel about this game. Let us know what you're excited for. And Tristan Meager here says, next week feels sneaky big. Schedule gets a lot tougher the rest of the way. And that is going to be a fun. I love when the Ravens play the Seahawks. I love the Seahawks. They're a cool team. I've always kind of just thought they were cool. The Ravens have had some cool games against the Seahawks over the years. So that is going to be a fun one for sure. And I'm excited to break that one down this week. Yeah, no, Geno Geno Smith coming to the bank. Maybe Geno will pick Geno off. We'll see what happens with that, but mm. yeah, Gino to reception. It's the Gino Bowl. It truly is, and it's really it's the Pete Carroll John Harbaugh Bowl. That's Spenny's favorite comparison. We've uh, been talking about that for so long, and now we get to see it in action. West Coast John Harbaugh and East Coast Pete Carroll get to meet. Yeah, it's kind of like a face off, John Travolta and uh, uh, Nick Cage, your guy. So oh, yeah, yeah, we we should we should get a meme or a poster or something going with that. Um, but yeah, 
Okay. Well, thank you everyone for listening to, uh, you know, tonight's incident analysis. There, like I said uh, on the previous show, not a whole lot to say. Just go in, take care of business, do what you got to do. And that's what the Baltimore Ravens did today in their 31 to 24 victory. Good to cross that 30 barrier, isn't it? Thank you for listening, watching along. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, shoot our videos and our live streams a like, a comment, you know, join the action, you know, it's time to hashtag get involved. I always say that. So uh, go ahead and uh, do that there. Big way to help us out. Also follow us on social media at exit 52 podcast on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Jake Luke. That is L O U Q U E. Spencer is at Ravens for dummies. That is the number four. Brian is at bar stool. Thanks. Thanks again, guys. We will talk to you again very, very soon. See ya. Arrivederci.